Facebook has demonstrated they cannot act independently. Facebook over and over again has shown it chooses profit over safety. It is subsidizing, it is paying for its profits with our safety. I'm hoping that this will have had a big enough impact on the world that they get the fortitude and the motivation to actually go put those regulations into place. That's my hope. That is the Facebook whistleblower, and it looks like her hopes may have come true. Yesterday, Facebook announced that it will expand its policies on harassment to remove more harmful content on the social media platform. Carmi Levy, our tech analyst buddy, joins the show to talk about it. Welcome to the program. Great to be here, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time, Carmi, as always. Now, is there anything else that's motivating these changes beyond Frances Hogan's uh, testimony yesterday or last week? Yeah, she is uh, apparently not the only whistleblower. There's another one, and it's a name that you're probably going to want to remember. Her name is uh, Sophie Zhang, and she is also a former Facebook employee who said she felt like she had blood on her hands when she worked there. And she is saying that she is willing to work to uh, testify in front of Congress. She was a data scientist, just like Frances Haugen. Uh, and she basically says that she has uh, other things to share as well. She also wrote a really scathing memo when she quit. Um, and uh, essentially, I'm thinking uh, she's number two. There will be more. Uh, I think Frances Haugen is almost like the she, she kind of opens up the bottleneck a little bit. And I think she other Facebook employees or former employees now feel empowered to step forward and share their experiences. And so if Facebook thinks that this is a one-time thing and that they can then just make a couple of announcements afterward, uh, largely out of fear to try to kind of placate uh, the criticism, uh, I think they're somewhat mistaken. I think this is this is going to roll on for a little while and we can expect further hits to the company's brand over the next few weeks and months. Uh, I'm just wondering, before we get to the changes that they're going to make, uh, when we look at this, uh, it was a Leger poll that was released yesterday, and it basically talked about how uh, our feelings on, on Facebook may have changed. 40% of respondents had a negative opinion of the company. They agreed that Facebook amplified spe- speech, hate, hate speech, uh, s- helps spread fake news, damages individuals' mental health, and poses a risk to children and teenager. But more than three in four believe that the social network helps them stay connected to their loved ones. And so... You can say that Facebook really has a corporate image problem, but does it even matter if these users are willing to overlook the ugly part of social media? In the near term, it probably doesn't. And Facebook is often described as an addiction that's very difficult to kick. And so as much as we are wary of Facebook, we're suspicious of the company, we don't really like the way they operate, folks aren't really big fans of Mark Zuckerberg, truth of the matter is, is all of our networks are on Facebook. If you think of of how many followers you have or how many friends you have, for most of us, Facebook is the biggest network that we have of all the social media tools that we use. And so if we summarily say, okay, we, you know, we don't like Facebook so much that we're going to stop using it. Well, now we've just cut ourselves off from our social and our professional groups. And no one really wants to do that. And in the past, we've seen this play out a number of times in recent years where people say, oh, that's it, I'm quitting Facebook. And there's this, this movement uh, to leave Facebook. But it never really comes to anything because people realize they don't want to be alone. They fear missing out. So they stick with it, even uh, even though they have to hold their nose while they do it. And so I think the same logic is in play here. But long term, what will end up happening is, is if you're on Facebook, you're kind of stuck there. But I, I look to my kids and, you know, decades from now, their kids. And I think, will they want to be joining Facebook or will, they, will something better come along and kind of out Facebook Facebook? That's where Facebook has to worry 
long term, they'll keep the people who are on it now, but long term, they're not going to get new ones. And that's ultimately what's going to bring them down. So let's talk about this uh, detailed harassment policy that they released yesterday, they being Facebook. What does it include? Um, so essentially, they are saying that they are going to expand their policies on harassment, uh, make it easier for them to remove harmful content. And so uh, essentially, they're going to have protections uh, that, that ban anything that degrades or sexualizes a public figure, including a celebrity, an elected official, someone who's famous in the public eye. And they've had these protections in the, in the past for private citizens, but never for someone who was in public. There's always a bit of a double standard. Well, you know, you're a famous person, therefore you, you kind of have to deal with it. Well, Facebook is now saying they recognize that was a double standard. It's now going to apply to everyone. Uh, and they're also going to have more protection. This is you know kind of near and dear to my heart, more protections for journalists, for government mm-hmm. dissidents, human rights activists. We've seen cases in many parts of the world where Governments and government-related agencies will go after individuals uh, who use uh, Facebook and, and, and other social media platforms uh, to kind of push their agenda. And so essentially, it turns them into targets, and the platforms do nothing to protect them. So, you know, it's, I, I will laud them for making the commitment, but yet again, it's something bad happens to Facebook. The company releases an announcement saying, we're going to expand you know, what we've already been doing. We're going to do more. We're going to do better. It's this cycle that continues, but it never really ends. That nothing Facebook ever ever says succeeds in actually breaking that cycle. This is what I would expect Facebook to respond, but nothing more. This is a delicate question, but I'm just curious. It goes back to the uh, the Facebook saying they're going to bar content that degrades or sexualizes public figures, including celebrities and elected officials. Mm. Can you? in a delicate manner, explain what kind of content we're talking about here? Because that's that's very broad to me. Sure. So, uh, for example, Selena Gomez, the, the, the pop singer and the actress, she said that she, uh, that she came across posts that said essentially she should, uh, she should end her life um, and in, in no uncertain terms. And she said that was the point where I hit a tipping point. That was where I decided that like enough was enough. I needed to do something. And this happened back in 2017, but it's continued for the last four years for her and for others. And it is having very significant mental health impacts on her as well as other members of her family and her team. And so I think it exemplifies the fact that just because you're famous doesn't mean that you should be subject to this kind of treatment on the platform. And what she found when she went back to Facebook was they didn't do enough to proactively get rid of it or stop it when it happened. Uh, the excuse always was, well, you know, you've got millions of followers. That's kind of the deal. Uh, and so I think a number of celebrities have started to speak up and we're starting to see the company recognize that they can't afford to turn a blind eye to this anymore. They really do have to start applying that 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 sort of meter, that those those metrics, those responses, not just to you and me, but to everybody. I'm looking at the uh, another part of this um this new um, anti-harassment policy they're bringing in, it says it'll ban all coordinated harassment in which groups of individuals work together to bully another user. Um, That change will apply to all users. So what they're going to do essentially is, I guess, put together an algorithm that looks for bullying language and then determine if comments are ganging up on, on a user. Is that what they're talking about here? For the most part, yeah, and, and that's as, as is often the case when Facebook makes announcements like this. They're uh, very high on platitudes, very light on on exactly how they're going to achieve that. So we don't really know. The company hasn't shared those details, but based on how we understand 
the Facebook platform works and how algorithms work. It's largely going to be updates to the, the algorithm to, to identify this kind of offensive material and these kinds of offensive activities, coordinated activities against individuals, um, and then to flag that content for subsequent human moderation. So conceivably, they would uh, use better technology. So their artificial intelligence and machine learning will have to get better. They'll have to have better engineers and better engineering. And they'll also have to have more human moderators so that when the technology flags this content, that you have more people who are on staff and available to look it over and go, mm, yep, that qualifies as harassment. Okay. We will remove it from the platform. So but it's, Carmi, a, it's, it's two-sided equation. That can be damaging as well to the person yeah, reading it. It absolutely can be. Uh, and as we've seen kind of in the first wave of human moderators for Facebook, as well as Twitter and other platforms, uh, there have been widespread reports of mental health issues among those who took these jobs, uh, as well as allegations that the companies did uh, you know, either nothing or not enough. Uh, to help them deal with the mental health implications of reviewing this kind of content all day, every day. And so uh, it is not an answer because now what you're doing is you're asking thousands of people to essentially immerse themselves in the darkest corners of social media and the Internet each and every day. And that is going to have a mental health impact. And if you as a company aren't willing to deal with it, well, then you're not you're not only not addressing the problem, you're contributing to its uh, its continuation. Facebook also announced that it would introduce new features designed to protect kids by including uh, or encouraging them to take a break from the platform. How's that going to work? And like, honestly, I recall being a kid and you're doing something you really enjoy and your parents are like, hey, take a break. It doesn't really, yeah. you know, encourage you to really take a break unless they are coming in and pulling the plug on you. Yeah, it's a great sound bite. But, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid that even when my parents used uh, tools to limit my ability to use technology, I always found a way around it. I was a little bit more tech savvy than my parents were, and I expect today's kids are even more tech savvy than today's parents are. So uh, it's one of those things that it sounds good. It makes for a really nice headline. Yes, the company's doing something to protect kids because, uh, you know, kids have been a strong focal point for Facebook. That The company has been accused of targeting them with, with advertising, not doing enough to protect them from uh, a compromised content, things like that. Um, and so they have to say it. They have to announce that, especially amid the controversy over Instagram for kids where they backed off of it. This is a company that it's a bit of a double edged sword. On the one hand, they're being accused of not doing enough to protect kids. So they say they have to do something. But the truth of the matter is that's where most of their future growth is going to come from. So while they say that they're going to do that, the reality is they don't want to cut their cut into their bottom line too, too much. And I would right. expect those efforts, they'll make the announcement, but then we're not really going to see effective technologies or processes that really cut this down. And this cycle will continue. We'll just have another announcement in a few weeks or months. By the way, they can just move over to another social media platform, like the one that they enjoy using, which is TikTok, and which leads me to, before we get out of here, a new addition to the Leafs helmet yesterday. It was the TikTok logo. Can you talk about how important that deal is for not just the Leafs, but for that social media platform? Yeah, it's more, you know, I was watching the game, you know, I'm former Montrealer, so of course I was interested in seeing the two teams go at it. And I, I immediately noticed those stickers. We had an interesting conversation in the living room over it. Uh, this is where hockey is going. You know, they're looking for more opportunities to, to put ads up and serve them up to their audience. This is how they drive revenue. It's a moneymaker for the NHL. Uh, and we've seen it, you know, we kind of saw it start in Europe and then gradually move over here. Now we see the Nike logo on jerseys and teams are going to be able to put ads on jerseys starting next year as well. So this is, it continues, it's the next step in a long-term trend. 
just watch a video of an NHL game from even 10 years ago. You'll be shocked at how little advertising there is in the visual versus how much there is today. But the TikTok deal is especially notable because really what it does is it connects the NHL to the next generation of hockey fans. And if you're a kid, you know, the, the, the hockey hashtag gets millions of, of, uh, of, of hits every single game. People share their videos of engaging with their teams, engaging with their favorite players. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's worth something to, to the league. They can sell that. That's an audience. And so, you know, if you want that next generation to be truly engaged and then make some money off of them, well, you sign a deal with TikTok, get their logo on them, and then kids, as they watch the game, will be able to pick up their phone and engage in different ways. Advertisers love that. They'll pay a premium for it. And, you know, the next viral video that you see on TikTok could very well be hockey-related, and the NHL would be, that would vindicate this, this deal. And it kind of shows where traditional brands like the NHL are going. Increasingly, they're going social. Carmi, thanks so much for providing some perspective on these headlines. Always appreciate your time. Thanks, Kelly. Great being here. Cheers.